Hey, it's EDB. That's Eric Deshaun Baird for this day seven of month one, 2024. Our first communion meditation will begin in just a few moments. While you crawling down the stairs, it's no problem. <laughs> While we crawl. Oh, my. <laughs> you don't have nothing to rush for. Well, what you trying to get to, we're going to do down the road. But good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Hallelujah to you, amen. How's everybody doing on this first Sunday in the new year? I would say I ain't talked to y'all since last year, but that'd be a lie because I talked to y'all on day one. Yep. I hope the first six days of the year has been splendid for you. And that you have uh, been excited about what, you know, has to come in this new year. And uh, we're grateful as we're getting ready to partake in the first Lord's Supper of 2024. And so we're excited about that. Mama Bell is here. And she's over by the Seattle Forty. Yeah. We'll kick off with her. I'm here. I'm here. We're waiting. We're waiting. Oh, all can we trust in the Lord, but we can, uh, well, ain't nothing else to do but that. Uh, a gentleman called me last night. He's supposed to be a Christian. Did you hear what I said? Supposed. All right, as long as you heard it. And he told me, he said, Eric, you need to go and tell everybody. I said, what am I telling them? He said, Tell them that the world, this is going to be the year of suffering and damnation and all that good stuff. I ain't want to hear it. 
And the first thing popped up in my mind, I called my granny and told her, you know, there was a man in the Bible named Hezekiah who he got some news like that. And Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. And after he got through with his face being pierced against the wall, the message came back that he would give him 15 more years. So I said, you go back and you tell all them preachers that told you to come tell me about this darkness and gloom, that if they humble themselves and pray, it's in your Bible unless you ripped it out. If my people, it's in there. Again, unless you a grandbaby ripped it out which is called by my name, would humble themselves. Most importantly, it said, anything you ask in my name, I shall give to you. And the reason why is because of one of those songs that Mama Bell, she played so beautiful about I decided to follow Jesus. But the reason why we decided to follow Jesus, there's a reason why we do that, is because of this next piece that Mama Bell loves to play. And we hope that uh, while she's playing that, you'll think about one or two people. Put them in your prayer list. Tweet them or text them, all the folks who are familiar with that type of activity and can perform same. Let them know how you feel about them. You know, there's somebody I just text every now and again just tell them how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. And you can do that while she's playing this wonderful piece right here, Mama Bell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to get my calendar out because I know a lot of y'all have important decisions. Mama Bell in particular, she's got important decisions she's got to make on a daily basis, important decisions. And so you have to you have to make sure you get on her calendar. Uh, so that, because uh, it feels up fast. Some things I want to address before you're hearing, not this Monday, not this Monday, but next Monday, January 15th, we will celebrate what would have been birthday number 95 for Dr. Martin Luther King. And we're going to celebrate that that Monday morning, 
not that Wednesday, that Monday morning, and we'll have a guest uh, speaker come in or call in with us on that Monday morning and chat with us and pray with us. And I tried to bully our bishop to bring in or, or pastor to bring in where he uh, maybe his friends to call in with us and we have a day of of uh, liberty and prayer on that Monday morning at 6.30. Same time, we're changing days, but not times. Uh, and then for those who can get up and want to meet us in the park that afternoon at 4.30, we're going to do a a freedom walk that afternoon at 4.30. Uh, and then we're going to a nice establishment, a young, well, he's young at heart, I guess you can say, uh, individual I know by the name of Joseph. He's an African curator here in the city, has an establishment known as Pure Logos, and we will go there for a meet and greet and and community chat and and. Uh, and there's a young man out there who has a food truck. Uh, I told the people, you don't have to support it, but other people will. And so uh, we're going to be out there with them uh, from 6 to 8 on uh, January 15th at the Pier Logos. And then we're going to march from or walk from 4.30 to 5.30. And then we have our call at 6.30 that morning. So it's a very busy day. On the 15th, uh, and we still have our first empowerment chat, which we're going to have at the library on uh, that Wednesday at 5 p.m. We're going to talk about mental health and so forth on that Wednesday, January 17th. So we do have something that Wednesday, but it won't be on the line uh, and that's about all we have so far for January this month. We want to make sure you know about that. And tell somebody call in and and share with us and connect with us on that Monday. I think they'll be very, very glad that they did. There are a lot of things going on in the world. As I told you earlier about my friend who called me with that darkness and gloom, and I told him, as I told him earlier, but some of you might not have been here, I said to him that uh, you're supposed to be a Christian. And the thing that I've come to the conclusion that I won't tolerate in 2024 is Christians who don't act like Christians. What I mean by that is don't come preaching to me something that ain't against, that's against the Bible. If the Bible tell me I can, you ain't going to tell me I can't. The Bible tell me I am. You ain't going to tell me I'm not. If the Bible said God will, you're not going to tell me he won't. And all you have to do is continuously connect with him and continuously pray. That's what our pastor does. He comes and he prays with us and connects with us over. It helps us to have a, a conversation corporately with our creator. And then gives us some time to lay our own petitions out before him our creator, our pastor would do that for us uh, in just a few moments. Uh, but we're also taking our time of communion this morning. And so if our pastor is all right, we will push our prayer uh, to our time of communion. And uh, then he can help to make sure that while he's praying for us, we can get ourselves all cleaned up and stuff and make sure that we are not participating in the Lord's Supper in a negative or in an unworthy manner. You know the text. We don't have to sit here and read it to you about coming to the table unworthily and so forth and so on. And so we'll ask that if he would allow us, if that is all right with him, we will get his permission. If he's all right, if we can push that to after the sermon. If that's all right with him, uh, we will uh, do in that order. If there's any objection to that, please, uh, we don't want to belabor his time. Is that all right, my dear pastor?
Yes, sir. All right, all right, all right. We're going to, we're going to do that uh, in just a few moments. Right now, if I may have your attention, I would like to uh, focus on the book of Genesis very quickly uh, and lead us into communion with that. I like to focus on the book of Genesis. There's two passages in the book of Genesis that I've been struggling with that I want to talk about, a part of which is because of the day of the week by which we now sit. We sit on day seven. And it's fascinating that we sit on day seven because uh, there's many controversies in our culture about whether or not the weekend is set uh, in a manner, or the days is set, whether or not Sunday should come before Monday, or we should start with Monday and then end with Sunday. Then constant debates about that. Where is that seventh day? Uh, where should that seventh day be located? It's the first of the week on Monday, as I just said, or it's the first of the week on Sunday. Me, we've argued that for years. Some folks are still arguing that and debating that. And so I thought about that as I was reading through the book of Genesis. I don't know if you've read through the book of Genesis. I've read through the book of Genesis. I've been reading through the book of Genesis. We read through the book of Genesis last year as we started off our year. And I'm reading through it again. And the thing that, that I have a problem with, and it's not necessarily a shot, it's just more of a reality. It doesn't really matter if you're a Christian. It doesn't really matter if you are just an expert at a subject. Uh, but when you have been a part of something for so long, when you have read something for so long, most of us have read the Bible, have been connected to the Bible, for some 40, 50 years, we've read Genesis, we've read Psalms, we've read Proverbs, we've read the prophet Isaiah, we know all about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and that old silly Negro. We know about all these things, and so it's easy when you read the text to automatically jump. Instead of sitting there... And hearing the text for the text, I'm struggling, my dear friends, as I'm reading through the book of Genesis because I know the story. And so when I see something, it's easy to go jump to what has happened or what the remaining part of the Bible is saying. But what I have found now is it becomes fascinating to me. It becomes fascinating as if I'm reading a story. The Bible now has become like this this novel or this TV series that I'm just steaming through to the next line. I found myself first, as I said, dealing in the subject matter of the day seven. And I read, as it said in the book of Genesis, over in chapter, I believe it's one. I don't want to lie to you, so let me go back. I know all the spiritualists and the theologians are screaming at me. But after he created all of the things and did all that he was going to do, he took a time and he sat down. What was this? Chapter 2, it was verse 3. And blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all the work he created. Now, we holy people. We holy people. We sanctified and peculiar. But it got me to thinking, and, and maybe it's me, or maybe I just had a spiritual moment. I don't really know sometimes what I'm dealing with in my life. But the one thing that I have come to understand or come to, to ask a question about, it said God rested. 
And I asked myself, when the last time you really took a rest? The Sabbath day is a day of rest. Some of us, especially in our religious community, people who are a part of our religious community, the one thing I've come to the conclusion about is that we work harder on the day of rest than we do the other seven days or six days of the week. You're teaching Bible study. You're leading praise and worship. You're in the choir. You got to go to the second service. You're feeding the hungry. You're clothing the naked. You got church meetings. You got to find out what's going to be in the basket. You got to have an argument about what's going to be in the basket. Then you got to cuss at each other. You got to go to the pastor for counseling. You got to go to choir rehearsal because we got that second service. We got to make sure the choir sounds good. Mama Bell know all about that. And by the time you get to work on Monday morning, your head is down. You got a whole ball of aspirin that you just sucked on. When was the day of rest? I'll let that marinate for just a little bit. We have been consistently maneuvered into believing that it's all about God, all about God, all about God. It is all about God. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is. I, I am not trying to, to push myself into a heretic state here. But what I am trying to say is at some point, you have to ask yourself, and maybe this is a conversation you and God can have with yourself. If all I do is pour out and I don't take time to relax, then what do I do? You know, I learned something when I was growing up. My grandma, I'll talk about her a little bit, because she used to go to church every Sunday and every Thursday and every Tuesday, and, 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 and she'd find herself in the prayer line. They would always pray. And I remember this like yesterday. They would always pray, Lord, give a rest. Lord, give a rest. And they'd rub all down the legs and all that stuff. And I said to myself, God ain't got to give a rest. All I got to do is shut this daggone church down and we go home and go sleep. I don't need God for that. I'm at church all day on Sunday from 9.30. I get there at 9.30. I don't get out about 4 o'clock, and I got all them services. We did that thing five minutes ago. I got to go back through that. Then we got to sit. Then by the time we get out of that, then sometime they bring it back for the third service. So you at church from 9.30 in the morning to 11 o'clock that night. Then you got to come back on Monday night because you got a prayer meeting or a minister's meeting. You got to come back on Tuesday night because you got Bible study. You got to come back on Wednesday because you got noonday prayer. got to come back on Thursday because you got midweek service. You got to come back on Friday because you got choir rehearsal. Got to come back on Saturday because you got to pray for everybody and all the sinners and the sick. And then you got to when do you, you don't need God for just stay home. <laughs> and go to sleep. In church all night and working all day. No wonder. You, you want to know something, Mama Bell? My dear granny don't hurt like she did 20 years ago. You know why? Because she ain't in church all day. See, I don't keep you here all day. You'll notice that she don't have pains in her body. We ain't got to call the prayer line for the aching bones. Because it is something that I'm not trying to be or uh, talk about anybody. I'm trying to just state a fact. It's scientific. The body needs Rest. Amen. Amen. The body needs rest. And so what we find is many have argued that the Bible is nothing more than a series of conversations designed to help in our forelearning. 
that we are supposed to be like our creator, that we are supposed to follow after our creator. And in following after our creator and the example that our creator says, follow me as I follow Christ, that's what Paul said. Now, following Christ means that we do what God does. And in doing what God does, it's God, the creator of the universe, the, the author of all things, the one who never slumbers, the one who never sleeps, the one that can be in every place and every time, that can do all things that transcends time, the one that can always be in everybody's business. And if he said it's time to go sit down, what you think? Why you ain't going to sit down yet? Take a rest. Every person needs a rest. And that's the second part that jarred my attention. Because we pray, most of us, when you've heard the old deacons pray down at the church, they they prayed to the God. We prayed to the God, our Father, the creator of the universe, the God of Jacob, the God of of Isaac, and most importantly, the God of Abraham. We are the descendants. We are as and join as. Isn't that in your Bible? It's in there unless you ripped it out. We are heirs and joint heirs. We we are adopted. That Mama Bell used to play a song. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been adopted into the family. Uh huh. That means I'm heirs and joint heirs. It's in your Bible. It's in there. Unless you and the grandbabies got dead. When grandbaby got messed up one day, ripped it out. And so since. I'm an heir and a joint heir. When I read over in the book of Genesis, chapter number uh, 13 and verse 16, when he says, and I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. That's the first part. But the second part that you want to focus on when you go and you read in the book of Genesis, when he told Abraham that I would give, look as far as the east or in every direction from the north to south, the east to the west, I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your so if we in here praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we're supposed to be the descendants of Abraham, then how come we don't pray for the blessings of Abraham? How come you don't pray that you get your portion of the blessings? Now, it's got to be a lot of it left around. You know why it's got to be a lot of it left around? Because God ain't passed it out much yet because most of us ain't prayed for it. So so what I'm thinking is that in this year, 2024, since we realize that there's a whole lot of blessings locked up in the coffer that God hadn't released yet because we think they're releasing. It's like I went to a meeting the other day, and, and they were talking about uh, uh, in in one of the civil rights budgets or bills that came through, it was a, one of the little miniature versions of the civil rights bill uh, that one of the governors passed. And in that particular bill, what it said was that so many dollars had to be allocated and put into a special account. And what those dollars that was put into that special account would then get utilized for is for African-American and minority use only, whether it's building minority schools or issues or or opportunities that, that advance things. 
whether it's a minority businesses. That's why you find that a lot of companies in this day and age, uh, the people go and they put the business Mama Bell in their wife's name because they can get the minority discounts. So you might call the plumber, and the plumber that comes to your rescue is Sweet Pie. Sweet Pie is just the wife's benefit off of those minority discounts. Uh-huh. But the other part of it was when they built this account, in one of the states they found that account had almost a trillion dollars in it. Just sitting there. Because nobody knew that they were a recipient of what that money was put there for. Nobody knew they could tap into it. Nobody knew they could ask for it. Nobody knew that it was theirs. And I've come to the conclusion that we as a people have been sitting on a gold mine spiritually for centuries and centuries. But most of us didn't even know it was there. Because if, if you if you like me, I don't want to beat you up. I just want to talk to you. You read it, but you looked over because you got them concordances, and your mind fell to another scripture. And so instead of really thinking about what you read in that scripture, you then jumped over to another scripture. And then from there, you then jumped over to another scripture because what them study Bibles and Concordians did was made us Holy Ghost 88 deep. But when you just go get you one of them real Bibles, I call them the real Bibles. They ain't got no Concordance, no little scriptures written in the margins. Charles Stanley or John Maxwell or Tony Evans or none of them didn't say some funny-looking stuff on the margins. But just read the text for the text. And when you read the text for the text, here's what you find. You find that just as I'm with you, I will be with everybody that's connected to you. Just as I bless you, I will bless everybody that's connected to you. Now, the other thing, the part of this that bothers me that I really didn't like, whether it's in Genesis, whether it's in Matthew, I hated it. I, I, I most times didn't want to listen to them. You ever spent your time listening to them uh, or having to read through the genealogy? It's like going to a family reunion, and you got to sit down. You got to hear, yeah, that's Cousin Sally over there. Cousin Sally, uh, her parents is Jamie and Uncle Billy. Uncle Billy, uh, that that's, that's Grandmama's first cousin uh, on, on, on Papa's side. And you know how it is. All y'all folk go to family reunion. Y'all trying to figure out who all the kinfolk is. The thing that fascinated me, I used to always ignore that in the Bible because I ain't had time to care about that. But then I realized something, that that was a bad idea. Because when you read the line and you see all the people in the line and see how the line was structured, to get all the way down to you. It's important to understand who your kinfolks were. You kinfolks with the king of Israel and David. Kinfolk with Boaz and Ruth. Kinfolks with Noah and Melchizedek. Kinfolks with Methuselah. Some of y'all ain't got that old yet. I don't care what they tell you. You kinfolks. With Adam and Seth and Eve, Noah, you can't fuck with all them people. 
And so being kinfolk with all them people, somebody making breakfast. Being kinfolk with all them people shows you how this blessing is flowing. And the final piece that I want to bring to your attention, that's going to lead us to our time of prayer. The final piece that I would like to submit to you for consideration is when Noah came off the ark. And Noah, after realizing that despite all the drama that happened around him, despite God's frustration and his aggravation and his just disgust with the world, he found that he wanted Noah. And what I've come to conclusion about is that there can be a whole lot going on in the world. There could be troubles and trials and tribulations, but God can find you. And find me and say, you know what, I'm sick of these other folks, but but I'm going to put you over here in the corner. I'm going to keep you over here in the corner, protect you from the onslaught. And in recognizing the graciousness of God, Noah decided to have the first communion of the new world. And so in the first day of the new year, when he exited off of the boat, we're in the first Sunday of same, and it's a great opportunity to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord in remembrance of his ultimate sacrifice, that he came that I might live. And so as we begin, as we think over our supper this morning or afternoon or evening, however this finds you, we appreciate you for being with us. Think about those three things. Number one, that God has granted you with the opportunity to rest in him. And that your time of Sabbath is not to be restricted to all of this working and struggling and stressing, but to rest, the day to rest in him. Uh-huh. I heard you over there. See, you read the Bible. I told you it was in there. It won't ripped out. Rest in him. Number two. To understand that you are a descendant, that you have access, that you have a right, that you will win the wheel, that you deserve your portion of the wheel. All you got to do is ask for it. And some of us don't even have to ask for it because he gave it to us morning by morning, new mercies. We see all that I have needed, thy hand has provided. And so with that, we come to our time and our third point, to celebrate our Savior, for great is thy faithfulness. Lord, I thank you. Our pastor is coming, and as he comes, I submit to him for consideration Three points. Number one, that he leads us in an opportunity for us to make sure that our hearts and minds are in an appropriate position to sit at the Lord's table. But the second thing is that he leads us in a time of prayer and consideration. we seven days in. That's enough time for all hell to break loose. Some of us might have 
had some struggles between day one and now. We just need to know that somebody understands and somebody can get a, as the old quote used to say, I just need somebody to get a prayer through. And then the third thing is for the issues that are going on around us. There is trouble in our way. We will have to cry sometime, but Jesus will fix it. As they say, when? After a while. Our pastor is going to pray for us, and then we shall celebrate in our communion. Most gracious God, our Father, we, first of all, we honor you and praise you for this day, the day that you have made, and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning, clothing us our right mind, and giving us the activities of our limbs. We come to you this morning, first of all, saying, Lord, we come and saying, search our hearts and our minds. If there is anything in our life that is not pleasing in your sight, Lord, we submit it to you now. Father, we have sinned, and you say all have sinned and come short of your glory, and and we admit to uh, admit to ourselves and to you that we have come short. But we come before you as a forgiving God that already paid the price on Calvary, already we, we already presented the blood that we be covered and forgiven, and we we come before you with that now. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for what you've done. And, Lord God, we can say that we are sorry for all that we've done that was not pleasing to you. And we thank you for accepting us and, and placing us in a right standing with you. Thank you for in you we live, we move, and we have our being. We thank you because in you we are your righteousness. And we thank you for that. And, Lord, as we come this morning, as we have been brought into a new year, and as we have engulfed ourselves in the things of life, and already, Lord God, there are some turmoils and there are some struggles. There are some things that follow us from 23 to 24. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, as we continue to walk, Lord God, into this new year, that you will continue to give us the grace the strength that we need as we continue to go forward. God, we will not give up. We will keep our eyes focused on you. But, Father, we recognize we're going to need your strength. We, Lord God, we're going to need you to walk with us and talk with us as we go through this life journey, Lord. And, God, through every promise that you have already promised will come to pass. And we honor you for that. Father, as we look around in this world, there are many things that's going on. Lord God, we don't have to go across this lake or across the rivers to see trouble, Lord God. Trouble is at our back door. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, that situations all around the world are being dealt with and people have to deal with different situations in their life, Lord. There are people that are dealing with war. There are people dealing with uh, earthquakes. There are people dealing with floods. There are people dealing with fires. There are people dealing with all kinds of stuff, Lord God, mass shootings in schools. and Lord God, we just pray, God, in Jesus' name, God, that you would stretch forth your hand, deal with the heart of man. We pray, God, that you would do it for your name's sake. Lord God, there are many things that's going on even in our political world, Lord God, as we are in a, a season of of election, Lord God. We pray, God, even in that, God, you get the glory. You touch the hearts of men and women all across this world. And God, that we may vote and may we put into power that who you will have us to have. Father, we thank you for the opportunity. We thank you, Lord God, for the ability to choose and to make decisions on our own. But, Father, we pray, God, that we know that we cannot even do that unless you touch our hearts. 
and you give us direction. You give us which way to go. Such a loving God that you are. Lord God, and I would like to add it to this, Lord God, as we are about to embark and take it to your supper, Lord. I pray today, Lord God, as people are and partake in that this morning, that your healing virtue, but Lord God, that 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 the partaking of that, your representing your blood and your body, that people will walk away healed this morning. Lord God, from a toothache to a to a to surgery, whatever it is, Lord, you know about it. And we pray, God, that you would send forth your healing. And, Lord, we thank you. We praise you for this in Jesus' name. Maybe there are some things that is on your heart and your mind. Maybe you want to talk to the Lord about your sin and what's on your heart right now. This is a time that you can do that. And you can confess to him yourself. You can talk to him about your problems, of your cares. Let's do that now. And we ask of all these things in your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I know it was the blood. He used to sing that song at the communion table. Pastor might know it. I know it was the blood for me. One day I was lost. Pastor must have went to sleep on me. He died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. Well, he's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again for me. One day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. And I know it was the blood for me. As you see it, then. You spend your time. You find yourself at the table. As you find yourself at the table, you are not here with me, but there's a few elements that are here with me. first thing we do is our pastor has prayed. We take and we wash our hands. Typically, the preacher washes his hands as he's getting ready to serve the people. But I like to suggest that we all wash our hands if we could. In church, we might be able to. But the reason why is because the Bible says, he that has clean hands. Our pastor prayed for us to have a pure heart. But now we have clean hands. 
And then we dry those hands. We're drying away the sorrow. We're drying away the tears. But the scripture says that he will dry every tear from our eyes. Then after we do that, we sit and we think about, just look at those symbols you have there. You have the bread, which was broken for you. That bread was broken in symbolism, but it was also broken as an opportunity to paint the picture of what was to come. For he was bruised for our transgression, broken, bruised for our iniquities. His body was wretched, not from this spiritualized moment, but it was really a daring punishment. He took the place and took on the sins of all mankind. So we take that bread as we have seen it, and then we broke it as he has done, and then we eat. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our inequities, broken for your migraines, broken for your arthritis, broken for your bursitis. You can walk because he was broken. Mm-hmm. Then you got the blood. The blood is symbolizing of the appropriate measure for sin. The scriptures argue that those who commit murder must be a life for a life. The wages of sin is death. And so his blood was shed for you and for I. It was shed to give us opportunity. It was shared to give us access. It was shared to give us redemption. May we take and drink of that that symbol of his blood at this moment in time. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. He's coming back again for me. One day. One day when I didn't have a clue what was going on in my world. One day when I didn't know my head from a hole in the wall. One day when I was unsure who I was or who I should be, he died so that the plan can be enacted for me. And that is what we are thankful for this morning.
We also are thankful and prayerful for the people who are around the world who find themselves, as the old folk would say, outside of the ark of safety. We pray for those who are still stuck and still a little bit lost, trying to find their way, trying to understand their place, trying to understand who this this God is that we call a mighty God. They're trying to understand why angels bow before him. They're trying to grasp around why all heaven and all earth adore him. They're trying to understand about this mighty God. And it's not because he's such a magnificent person, even though he is. But we're thanking him because he thought it not robbery. Or we had to live right, we could have done it, but we didn't. Or we had been obedient even to the death of the cross, we could have did it, but we couldn't. So that's why angels bow before him. That's why all of heaven and all of earth. That is why he is the mighty God that we serve. As we have come to the end of our first communion of 2024, Our dear granny will come and pray for us, and as she comes and prays for us, we we pray over our mission. If you go to some churches, you will see at the bottom it will say, depart to serve and go out to serve. In other words, that we will not just have this spiritualized moment, but that we will actually, there's an action plan to it. We will live a little bit brighter. We will go a little bit harder. And we will do a little bit more. Our grandmother will pray for us. My grandmother will pray for us. Most gracious and all wise fathers, we come this morning. We said thank you. We thank you, God. You brought us into another year. As we go forth this year, God, help us to be obedient. Help us to trust you. Help us to look to you for what comes out of this Help us, oh God, to be encouragers one to another. Help us to love you and love our neighbors, God. As we go forth this morning, God, we just say thank you. Help us, oh God, to trust you and to rest. God, you know that we need rest. And help us, Lord, because you had to have rest, and God, we know we need rest. And rest is important. Help us to trust you, oh God, not trying to lean to our own understanding, but God, help us to put our trust in you, knowing that you are in control of every situation. You know what's best for us, God. Give us an ear to hear your voice, God. And help us to obey when you speak to us. Oh, God, we just thank you for this opportunity this morning. We praise you, oh, God, for the word that's come forth. And, God, we ask you to let that word sink down in our souls and help us to be obedient to your word. Not to man's word, but the word you said. It's in your book. And help us to understand what you telling us to do. We just thank you this morning. Bless our pastor, God. We ask you to touch him from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Anoint him, God. Anoint him, God, that he can stand and bring forth your word, stand being a shining light in this dark world. Bless him, dear God. Keep him encouraged, God. 
Help him stay focused on you, not what man said, but God, what you say for him to do. Bless him this morning. Bless every listening ear, God. You know it's about each one of us, God. And we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great opportunity. We just want to praise you. We want to magnify your name. And as we go forth for this year, a shining light, shine on us, God, that we can shine for you. That we can be with your calling today. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. And we give your name all all the praises and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a great day.